0: We're into the Word. Who's excited about the Word of God? We've got to come some, some people. Father, we thank you today. As we open your Word, we thank you for the ministry of your Spirit. We thank you that the Word declares that you are Lord and the Spirit declares that you are Lord. And Lord, above all else, God, we need your presence, your manifest presence, your glory. We don't want just a good atmosphere. We need your presence because it's your presence that changes us. It's your presence that heals us, restores us, convicts us, and encourages us. Whatever is needed, it is your presence. So, Lord, we ask for your presence in increasing measure in these days in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. I'll try not to be too long this morning. I know with the kids in and, and stuff, parents, it's, it's difficult at times. Um, I remember being I remember being brought up in the Presbyterian church, sitting on one of those hard pews, and you're just like, oh. I want to talk about being an overcomer. Because if you didn't know, the spiritual battle has been and is very real. The spiritual battle is very real. And, you know, every time... Oh, we've got a, a brother from uh, Brisbane via... He's from Indonesia via Brisbane, who's with us today. Welcome, uh, welcome them, They're pastors, Indonesian pastors. Uh, John, Brother John brought them in, so welcome today. We hope you feel encouraged and built up in the Lord. It's great, isn't it? Good when the gospel goes to different nations... It's like, come on, amen, it's awesome, we bless you. Um, but it saddens me when so many believers do not, do not believe that there is a spiritual battle. And they just walk through life as they live through life. The spiritual battle is very real. And you know what? You probably don't, and someone told me like 20, 25 years ago, they said, if you're not feeling some sort of kickback, then you're probably not living enough for Jesus. It's kind of like when you start to step out more for Jesus, you know, whether that's in prayer or prophecy or sharing the gospel or believing for more, that's when the battle becomes very real. If we just armchair Christians that just put our, like, recliner up and we just sit back, then we probably don't realise that there's a spiritual battle going on. But there very much is a spiritual battle going on and God has called, called us to be on the field. Yep. Yeah? That's where the battle is. There is lots going on at present, locally, nationally, all over the place. And some of it is our distraction from what else is actually happening. Do you realise that sometimes? I've met some Pentecostals that think there's a demon in everyone and everything. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Like sometimes it's just a distraction from what is actually going on. Sometimes things happen to us because we've made a bad choice too. We've made poor choices. Sometimes things are accidents, like car ones. They just happen. What was I saying? That's why right. Some Pentecostals think there's a demon and a spirit in everything. Sometimes, there are things are things, sometimes things are a distraction because the enemy is trying to take your distraction off what God is actually doing. And it's really important that we focus on what God is doing in the midst of that. We have to have an understanding. We have to see what God is doing because God is asking us to follow him. God is asking us to, you know, do what he is asking us to do. So we need to make sure we understand and we know what God is doing. I, I, amen. Because in the midst of the battle, God is wanting us to go deeper and deeper and deeper. Because there is a well that never runs dry. Is there an amen? There is a well that never runs dry. If you need hope, tap into the well. If you need joy, tap into the well. If, it, if you need faith, tap into the well. Tap into the well that is Jesus. Tap into the well that is the, the Holy Spirit. And you will start to see hope and joy and faith and life arise even in the midst of the battle. That is when you start to realize that your faith is not living off somebody else, but you've actually come to a point of faith in Christ yourself. Because you can stand and strengthen yourself and encourage yourself in the Lord even in the midst of the battle. And that is part of my heart, that you wouldn't just be relying upon me. Because there's too many people that are just relying upon their, their, their pastor or their charismatic leader or someone that they follow on YouTube. No, no, you have to first and foremost be relying upon Jesus Christ. Because if you're going through life, I can't take 200 phone calls at the same time but Jesus can. He is more than capable of taking 200. He can take 2 million. He can take more. You call upon the name of the Lord in that moment. That doesn't mean that we're not there to strengthen you, encourage you, support you, help you, you know, practically. I'm not saying that, but we have to be a people that know who we are in Christ and can stand and enforce the battle that was won at Calvary. Jesus said, because today we remember on this resurrection day, he said it is the enemy that comes to steal and kill and destroy in John 10.10. 10. But I have come that you may have life and that you may have an abundance. And you've heard me say before that word for abundant means it is above the common. Your life is not just like everyone else's life. It was never meant to be. Those that are born again are born again from above. And your life is not meant to just fit in to the world around you. No, you are meant to stand out because you're living the abundant life. And some people will taste and see that God is good in you and they will say, I need what you've got. And some people will be such convicted and they will harden their hearts that they will run. That is not your issue. That is God's issue. The, your issue is that you live for Jesus 24-7. Paul put it this way. He said, you are the aroma of Christ among those who are perishing Into some your life and to some your death. Release the aroma that is Christ. Is there an amen? I was thinking this morning, uh, um, during the week about this morning, I come across these beautiful magnet book, magnetic bookmarks. You can buy them at The Hub. There's this place in town called The Hub. And you can buy all kinds of Christian resources and get a coffee and you can drop in for prayer. It's an it's amazing place. You should try it out sometime. But they have these magnetic bookmarks and it works really well because even when the fans go on full ball, my pages don't turn anymore. It's It's awesome. It's really good. Anyway, Romans chapter 8, verse 11. I was thinking about this. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, then he who raised Christ from the dead will also bring your mortal bodies to life through his spirit who lives in you. Just think about that. The spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And if you are a born-again believer, you can turn to the person sitting next to you and say, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Because you know what? There's so much negativity in the world. There's so much critical spirits and judgmental spirits in the world that we don't need them in the church. The best thing that we do need is that you can turn to your brother and sister and declare who they are in Christ. Because sometimes we make stuff-ups because we've forgotten who we are in Christ. Not because we intentionally want to sin, but it's because we have forgotten who we are in Christ. And so we need our brothers and sisters to remind us of who we are in Christ. Is there an amen? amen. So the same, spirit of, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And then Jesus said these words in John 16. He said, I have told you these things. What are are these things? Okay, I'll go to the couple of verses before. An hour is coming and has come when each of you will be scattered to his own home and you will leave me alone, yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. There is a peace that the world does not know. That you can only have in God is that Amen. You will have suffering in this world. We need to be reminded about that, because there was a there there was a there was an extra extra bit in the prosperity doctrine that said that you know nothing bad is ever going to happen to you and you know these things are not going to happen. Well, Jesus said you will have suffering in this world. Does does. Does God want to prosper you? Absolutely. You will have suffering in this world. Hands up who's experienced suffering? All of us. Wow. You've got one another to lean on, hey? And then he says, Take heart, be encouraged. Be courageous, for I have overcome the worlds. Come on, give Jesus praise today. I have overcome the worlds. The Greek word for overcomer is Nikeo. I probably didn't pronounce that 100% correct, but I gave it a good crack. And it means to conquer. It means to overcome. That's why it was translated, I've overcome. It means to prevail and it means to see the victory. God is calling us to be overcomers as He overcame, to conquer, to, to prevail, to overcome, and to see the victory. Because it is His kingdom come and His will be done. Is there an amen to that? To see the victory to see the victory in healing, to see the victory in salvation, to see the victory in deliverance, to see the victory. The reality is, if I can be presumptuous and forgive me if it doesn't fit you, but I think it probably does if we really search our hearts. The reality is we probably all have something to overcome. For some people it might be fear. Fear for some people it might be past experiences because i've met people in life who won't engage relationally because they've had bad experiences from the past for some people it might be wrong teaching for some people it might be unbelief for some people you know, it's like it's going to be different for people but i think there's something in us that we need to overcome i want to be real because i believe in being real we need to be real before one another For me, as I was preparing this, the Lord was speaking to me. I remember Katie Barker three years ago when she was up here one week. We look forward to having her back again this year at some stage. She was up here and she prophesied over me. She said, I see that God, that the gift of healing in your life is going to multiply. And you are going to see God move through you powerfully to bring healings that you've never seen before. At the time, I was like, Amen. But then I really didn't know what to do with that in that moment. We've prayed for some people and we have seen cancers go. We have seen brain tumors disappear. We have seen limbs restored. We have seen stuff go on. But there's plenty of times we've prayed for people and we haven't. And right there in that moment, there's a battle in in your thinking with the prophetic word of what God is declaring. And what you see before you. It's been a process. And it is a process to overcome. Because my heart is like, yes Lord, that your name would be glorified to see more and more and more and more people healed. Is there an amen to that? I think there's a process in this. I think sometimes God needs to pull out a bit of you before he gives you more of him. I think he needs to pull out any root of pride. He needs to pull out any root of self. He needs to pull out stuff from our hearts so that as we minister, you know, and we see God move in greater power, that it, that it doesn't corrupt us. He, there, is, there is nothing in, in us that will corrupt us. He has to humble us. He has to stretch us. He has to do what he needs to do in us so that we can be pure vessels. Is there an amen to that? But the reality is over the last three or four months, I've found myself in a place of stirring and actually eagerly desiring that gift to increase in Jesus' name. Because that's what the Word of God says, eagerly desire spiritual gifts. That's not just a random thing. That's when God says, Tim, I, I, I want you to lay hands on the sick and they will recover in all forms. You eagerly desire that because God said, Tim, that's what I want for you. You don't just go, oh, yeah, we'll just see what happens with that. You eagerly desire it. So for me, this is one of my areas of overcoming because there is a gap between where we are and what is. You have to jump the gap. Our God is faithful. Our God is true. It got me thinking about people who overcame and saw change. They saw breakthrough. In scripture, I'm talking about. There's the obvious ones. If I, if I yelled out, someone would yell out David. Yeah. Da- da- David overcame Abraham, Joseph. We could go through the ones that we think about. Maybe what about some of the lesser-known ones? What about Jonah? Jonah overcame. He became an overcomer because when God said, Jonah, you need to go preach this message of repentance to the people of Nineveh, he's like, "Oh, no, I don't want them to receive the mercy of God. No, and he ran the other way. And he had an encounter with this big whale and there's lots of other stuff. But you know what? In the end... He turned and he went. He overcame something, didn't he? He overcame something. What about Ruth? The story of Ruth. She lost her husband. And she 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 went into a strange place. It was a strange land with foreign customs. It wasn't, she was totally out of her depth. And yet, she overcame and she became the great-grandmother of David. Did you know that? Some people are nodding. Ruth is the great-grandmother of David in the, line, in the lineage. The first disciples in Luke 5, it says that they were out all night fishing. Can you imagine being out all night fishing and catching nothing? Oh, there's some people that have been. Right. Okay. I'm not just talking about sitting back in a nice comfy chair just going like this. You know, the, the nets and the pulling them in. And Can you imagine the physical, you know, nature of that? We don't have like padded seats back in those days. Cushy boats with sound systems and bar fridges and whatever else, you know. And But they've been out all night. And then they came back in. And the Lord said... Go again. Because you say so, we will do it. Think about Peter. He probably is more obvious. From the one who denied Jesus, when he stood there and said, I will never deny you, Lord. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will never do this. And then he denied him three times. Can you imagine what was going on in here? When the enormity of that actually happened, can you imagine what was going on in here? And yet the Lord said to him, the Lord restored him in love. But then when he encountered the Holy Spirit, he was the man who was preaching the word. And that day there was 3,000 added to the church. He was one of the keys to the early growth of the gospel of the kingdom. From the person who denied Jesus to the person that stood up and died for Jesus. He overcame. The Bible is full of examples of people who overcame. If I turn to Hebrews 11, there's so so much encouragement in this, and and I'm not going to read the whole chapter because we'll be here for too long. So go home and read it. But we see right throughout Scripture. We see, you know, by faith, by faith, Abel, by faith, Enoch, by faith, Noah, by faith, Abraham, by faith, Sarah. All these people, by faith, they they broke through, they overcame, they received. It keeps going on about uh, Isaac and Moses and, um, and people after people after people. In verse 32, it says, what about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah?" David, Samuel, the prophets, the kings. It's just people who just overcame and overcame and overcame. But then we read this in verse 36. Others experienced mockings and scourgings, as well as bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawed in two. They died by the sword. They wandered around in sheepskins, in goatskins, destitute, afflicted and mistreated, The world was not worthy of them. They overcame too. They overcame the fear of death. They overcame sin and selfishness because they counted the cost and they said, I will follow Jesus no matter the cost. They are also included as overcomers. Is there an amen? We all face battles. Hold your ground. Stand firm. Believe. We all go through tests. But those tests become our testimonies. Those very tests. If we keep our heart right, if we keep our. Keep our eyes fixed upon the Lord. We keep our hope and our faith in him. Those very tests become our testimonies. And nothing is wasted with God. Nothing is wasted with God. He will use your testimony to impact other people's lives. Is there an amen? No matter what you've been through, He will use your testimony to minister to someone else. And that is why we all need to be sharing the gospel. We all need to be sharing the hope because I've been through things that you haven't been through. You've been through things that I haven't been through. I can't sympathize with some people because I haven't experienced certain things, but other people I can. I remember being bullied in high school because I was good at something. I was good at athletics. In fact, I was the Australian champion when I was 14, 15, 16 years of age. And some kids didn't like that. And to make matters worse, my dad was a school teacher in the school where I was. And he was like the policeman of teachers. If there was a kid smoking behind the shed, my dad would find them and he would get them into detention. So guess who the boys who got in trouble took it out on? I remember being pushed into lockers. I remember being hit. I remember being punched. I, re- I remember being called all kinds of names. I remember waking up one night with a rock going through our window in our home because kids were throwing rocks. I remember mum's car got smashed up with a rock. I remember all these kind of things. I understand what it means to be called names, but, it, but names have no power if you do not let them. The thing that defines you is Jesus and who you are in Christ. You see, we all have different tests along the way, but the tests become our testimonies. And as we overcome, our testimony is meant to encourage other people. And that's why you have a voice. And I want to encourage you. And God wants to encourage you to use your voice. The enemy will will want to muzzle you and stop you, but God encourages you to open up and use the voice. Do you realize that when you were born again, you were born again as an overcomer? That's who you are. That's why we just need reminding about who we are. You don't become an overcomer. You are born again as as an overcomer because Jesus made you that way. We just need to build up our spiritual biceps. Thighs. Calves. Calves. Because the world is crying out for the sons and daughters of God to arise. Too much of the church is coming under stuff. When Jesus made it possible for us to rise above. That's where we live from. Is there an amen? You were created for more. If you remember anything out of today, you remember this. You were created for more. Why don't you turn to the person who's sitting next to you? One at a time, you'll have to go left and right. You were created for more. Come on. You've got to believe that. Come on. You were created for more. You were created for more. You were created for more. Jesus created you for more. Don't limit yourself. Don't, don't limit yourself because God puts no limit on you. He's calling us into high places. I want to finish. I'm going pretty good with time today, aren't I? Wow, someone's excited about that. What's going on? Normally people go, no, nah, it's okay, Tim. You can just speak for as long as you want. That's all good. I, want to, I, I, I just want to go to Revelation chapter 1. Revolution. Revelation chapter 1. To him who loves us, verse 5. To him who loves us and has set us free from our sins by his blood. Is there an Amen. I said to him who loves us and has set us free from our sins by his blood. Is there an amen? amen. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. <laughs> oh. <laughs> amen. You know, sometimes if you've, if you've got the blahs, you just need to laugh a bit. You just need to, you, 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 if you've got the ah, oh, is that a Tasmanian thing? Oh, you know, when you're down in the dumps, when you're like, oh, how are you going? You know, sometimes you just need to laugh. Mark, uh, Mark Crawford, a friend of mine, he's, he, he, he wrote this book. Oh, he's been here a few times, hasn't he? Who Let the Joy Out? You know, one of those songs, I'm going to get off track just for 30 seconds. One of those songs that I was raised with in the Presbyterian church that always used to make me laugh was that, you know, like um, that song, what's it called? No, not that one. The one the one where it's like in the end you just ha 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 ha. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. That's it. Yeah. And then you go <laughs> It's, it's okay. Joy is okay. Because the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. In the Holy Ghost. That's the key, hey. That's why I say tap into the well. Let it come. Anyway, I saw a friend of mine on Facebook. He made all this ginger beer during the week. And he's down in Tassie. And his tops mustn't have been really good. And his whole, his whole laundry is smashed up. No, seriously, there were shards of glass in the wall. I'm like, you wouldn't want to be in there with a ginger beer going bang, 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 bang. So sometimes you just got to let the joy out. you just got to be like a good, a good home, home batch of ginger beer and just let the joy out. Anyway, I'm getting off track, sorry. To him who loves us and has set us free by, from our sins by his blood, and he's made us kings and priests to love and serve our gods. Now some translations say a kingdom of priests... But the, but the reality of the interpretation is that he's made us kings and priests to love and serve our God. And that is why Jesus is king of kings. We are kings. He is the king of kings. And creation and the world is looking for believers to rise up and to show ourselves as kings and priests to love and serve our God's. And as kings and priests, we are enforcing what Jesus has already declared and has already done. And he's saying, well, that is not allowed in heaven. That is not allowed on earth. That is allowed in heaven, so that is allowed on earth. We are carrying out the decrees of our king. Is there an amen? And you know what? You are all a part of that. The Lord is calling His people to walk out who you really are, not who you think you are, but who you are according to God, who you are according to to the Word of God. You were created for more. We all were. Every single one of us was created for more than we're currently walking in right now. We have to align ourselves, we have to align our thoughts with what God is saying. Because we, I believe in my spirit, are entering into a season of victory. The battle may be very real, but the battle is very real because the enemy wants us not to go another step further. And you know what happens? When you face resistance, the best thing to do is keep on walking and in fact increase the pace. When I was doing resistance training with my brother for athletics, I would push his car down the street. He would sit in it Put it in neutral, and I would push his car. And if we're really going well, we might even have a slight incline. You're facing resistance, but guess what happens? You have to push a bit harder, you have to keep pressing on. And Paul said, I'm not, you know, I'm counting everything as dung because I'm pressing on. And God is calling us to press on to see the victory. The enemy wants you to be so tired that you go, That's enough, I'm just going to sit down. But God is calling us into the more. Is there an amen to that? It's out of a place of love, isn't it? It's out of a place of desire that we want to do what Jesus says for us to do. It's not religious religious rules and rituals and duty. It's desire. And And if you're struggling with desire, then the best thing is to seek the face of Jesus all over again. Because as you sit at his feet, as Mary sat at his feet and listened to his voice, as you begin to worship him afresh, that desire will come. Sometimes we need to be reminded to return to our first love. You are overcomers. Nikeo. You are conquerors. You are prevailers. Prevailers. You are those that will see the victory. You are those that will see the victory. Do you believe that? You are those that will see the victory. In your circumstance, in your family, in that situation, you will see the victory. Because that's who you are. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. You are an overcomer. Do not believe anything else that the enemy would try to throw at you, they're just mud pies. Just have a good Teflon coating because nothing sticks. Do you want to come up, team? Where does that leave us today? Some of you today, some of you today need to overcome fear. Fear has no place in you because the perfect love of God casts out all fear. God did not give us a spirit of fear. So if you're fearful, it's not coming from God. We should have a reverence and an awe for God. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about some that are under the spirit of fear, that are struggling to do the things that you know you should be doing because there's a gap. Some of you are struggling because of past experiences where you've stepped out and believed God for something and it hasn't happened, so you tend to just withdraw. You know, Randy Clark, who is probably one of the most foremost foremost people in the world in terms of healing, amongst others, he prayed for a 1,000 people before he saw the victory and then it just started to happen. He prayed for over a 1,000 people think about the faith and the tenacity to keep going. How many people would give up at 500? 600? Maybe even 999? You know, one of the mysteries that I always that I kind of want to ask God when it comes to that time is it says in the Bible that after Jesus was resurrected, he revealed himself to over 500 people. Yep? Yes? Yep. He revealed himself to over 500 people showing himself What an amazing thing. And I think, God, why was there only 120 left in the upper room on that day of Pentecost? Where was the other 380? (laughs) I do not want to be someone who is on the verge of a breakthrough and I've given up and I've gone fishing. Sometimes when you just feel like you can't go any further, all you have to do is stand still and see The victory. For the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross. He knew the victory was coming. Death could not hold him down, it had nothing on him. And in the same way, as a child of God, as a son and daughter of the king, it can't hold you down either. Whatever is stopping you from walking out the fullness of being an overcomer, today is a day. You know what we should have had? We should have had that cross that was upstairs. Just thought of that. We should have had the cross that's upstairs. We should have put it over there. But whatever is stopping, whatever is stopping you today from walking in the fullness, from walking in the more Mm. doubt, fear unbelief, wrong teaching, past experiences, whatever it is for you, today is the day that we lay it down at the foot of the cross. And we rise to live in the abundant life, the resurrection power, the hope, the joy in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to encourage you today if there is something. I know, I actually believe in prophetic acts. I believe, we see examples in scripture of doing that. I believe when you make a choice and you come and you just lay it down and you say, God, I lay down that fear. I lay down that unbelief. I lay that that past experience down. You lay it down, something happens. There's a transaction of heaven that happens. So we're going to worship with this song, but I encourage you, if you've got something to lay down so that we can rise together and live in the fullness, then today is a great day.